Hello, everybody. Welcome to an NBA tip-off edition of Small Ball Market, the podcast dedicated to news and discussion surrounding the small market teams of the NBA. My name is Zach Reglin, and joining me, as they do every week, are my fantastic co-hosts, Wyatt Reglin and Cody Cook. How are you guys doing? NBA is back. It's It feels good to be back. Well, I mean, we didn't really go away, but it feels good to actually have content to talk about. Yep, yep, yep. How about you, Wyatt? Jason Tatum is the MVP. All right. All right. Uh, Day one through day one. Um, Jason Tatum's the MVP. We'll get right into that, actually, because the opening game of the season, uh, Celtics versus the 76ers, the Celtics uh, actually kind of dominated the Sixers in the second half. It was pretty close. It was uh, Boston had a five point lead at halftime, but uh, they kind of took over in the second half and ended up winning by 18. Uh, what What are you guys thoughts on the game so far? Like how, like just through one game. Well, you know, I thought it was a really good all around effort around for the Celtics. They pretty much, they got contributions from everybody. And I don't like, I don't want to, it's only the first game of the season. So I don't want to overreact, but Celtics in four over to Warriors. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like, seems like a conclusion that all the Celtics fans would be, uh, be okay with you drawing. Yeah, I'm, I don't think four over the Warriors. I think they w- they will be in the finals this year, but that was my early season prediction anyways. Yeah, one thing that I found noteworthy about that so far is Kyrie played terrible. Like, he was he was not good at all tonight. And yeah. uh, they still won by – they won by 18. Um, Kurt, like Kyrie, he had seven points on two of 14 shooting. That is terrible. And he was one of eight from three, so that's yeah. not that's not good shot selection either. No, not at all. Like, yeah, and yeah. he he dished it out pretty well. He had seven assists, but uh, I like I don't know, man. Like he he just was not good. It was not like his usual self. Like they kind of like the load went on Jason Tatum tonight, which I found kind of surprising because I wondered whether in his second year with all their guys healthy, whether he would maybe take more of a back seat this year, but it seems like they're like through one game, at least it seems like they're kind of ready to give him some of the reins. Yeah. You know, when Wyatt said they got, it was a well-rounded effort from everybody. I was actually going to say it was a well-rounded effort from everybody, but Gordon Hayward and uh, Kyrie, but you know, it's what, you know, what can you expect when you've been injured for so long and it's your first game back and, you know, you're not going to just jump right back into it and be your same old self. It's going to take some some getting used to. But, uh, yeah, no, like you said, Jason Tatum and uh, Al Horford played really well. Um, Jalen Brown played really well. It's just that that team is so deep and so so dynamic and able to move around without the ball and make, make and create plays even when the ball's not in Kyrie or Gordon Hayward's hands. I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and uh, Marcus Morris was their second leading scorer tonight. Like, yeah, he was on fire. That's crazy. He balled out. You got to think uh, Kyrie is going to come back, too, because you got to think about this also. Kyrie missed a lot of the season last year of injury, too. So he's been out for quite a long time, too. He's been longer than just the offseason since he didn't play the whole postseason, so... Yeah, he well, he missed around like the last month of the regular season, and then uh, it just continued on with the postseason. It was not, uh, it was not good. It was not good at all. It seemed like it was just going to be a short term injury that kept going on him like day to day, and then it just all of a sudden came out. It's like, yeah, he's out for the year. Well, 
you know, you never want to wish injury upon anybody, but it, you know, in hindsight, it allowed Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and all these younger guys to come up and get that playing time and just really, you know, really develop and blossom into young superstars, honestly. Never the deepest team in the league. <laughs> yeah, one of them by far. I think they're, this might be the deepest team I've seen ever. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's Golden State. Like Golden State has to be like like that deepest team, but like currently, but I feel like the Celtics are up there in terms of like, like they're obviously like at least the second deepest team in the league right now, and it's kind of crazy. Like there's so many players. Like you have all these contributors tonight, and then you even think about it, it's like, wait, they also have say Terry Rozier. Like that guy's on the team. Aaron too. Baines. Like yeah, Aaron Baines is solid too. Yeah, he and, did really well tonight. Yeah, and Marcus Smart. It's like it's like they have like they have a great bench unit, uh, like maybe the most insane starting lineup in the league, minus Golden State. But Which, yeah, you're not gonna beat that. Yeah, no, that's obviously not gonna be beat. But honestly, I think the Celtics might have them on the bench. Like they probably, oh, I think do. so too. Because they've had to sacrifice so much on the bench over the last few years just to keep those stars. Right. Well, I mean, it's obviously enough to get the job done. Yeah. But what I mean, when you look at when you look at the game tonight, it's really a story. Like, it really is a story of depth because you had um, Joel Embiid, who had he had upper ends of 27, 28 some odd points. You know, he double doubled. And then Ben Simmons was one or two assists away from a triple double, I believe. Uh, and, to clarify, uh, Embiid had twenty three, and, oh, okay. and and Ben Simmons had nineteen, fifteen, and eight. Yeah, like that's those are you know that's good output from your two main stars, but you you obviously need more than that to beat a Celtics team like this. You know, the 76ers are good, but I don't think they have the depth that it requires to get to the Eastern Conference Finals or to you know obviously get to the championship. Yeah, yeah, we'll see that as the season plays out. The they they have that veteran presence of JJ Redick on their team, and he was their third leading scorer tonight. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, other than that, like the he was the he was the those three were the only guys who scored in double figures. That's Embiid, Simmons, and uh, Redick. They were the only three guys who got into double figures tonight, which is not what you need when you're one of the better teams in the NBA. Like that's just. Uh, like that, like you need more contribution than that, and I'm wondering if a lot of this is going to be the Simmons and Bead show with not much else going on, right? And well, to to make it more relatable to to Portland fans, they have you know essentially you have a scaled up version of a Dame and CJ, you know, obviously in different positions, but you have your core two young guys, and you're just kind of trying to build around them. And I feel like the 76ers are are one or two, you know two good solid bench role players away from actually being able to make it through that Eastern conference final into the championships. I, like I said, I don't think they have the pieces now to do it. And I just think it too much is going to wind up falling on Simmons and Embiid, but you know, it's the first game. This is, these are all just first impressions, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any other thoughts on you from you, Wyatt on that one? Not much. Okay. Okay. Um, Um, I just, I feel we don't get too concerned about the one loss. They're still a great team. They have to try and introduce Markel into their system. Oh yeah, yeah. still a really good team. So easily a easily a third or a fourth seed in the East. 
I do have one comment to say. Poor Joel Embiid tonight. Uh, he just kind of oh got embarrassed God. several God. times. <laughs> he wasn't even really when he got like embarrassed. He wasn't playing bad defense by any means. He just he got baptized. 100%. Yeah, yeah. But, but shortly after that, they did the Jason Tatum had that move on him. Ooh. I wanna I wanna clarify this. That was not a dunk. <laughs> he stuffed it. He still stuffed it in his face. Yeah. I think it was still I think it was still worth some embarrassment on there. Like he's like it was like he definitely like hit it into the hoop. Like Embiid blocked mm-hmm. it. He did, but uh I don't know. I think I still give credit to Jalen Brown on that one because that was oh, still no, sure. even to go even to go up and challenge one of the best rim protectors in the league, it's like, come on now. Yeah. Give give the man credit where credit is due. Even if he just got fouled, I would have given him credit. <laughs> yeah, and then Embiid got embarrassed by Tatum just a little bit later. So I with mean, the with the crossover, the step back. Mm-hmm. He missed though. No. No, he made it, and he stared him down after. Oh, that's right. I, oh, okay. Banked it in. <laughs> there was another one that he crossed him a little bit after that, and he he almost made it, but it didn't quite go in. It was one of those where like he hit the step back, and the whole crowd kind of like leaned forward in their seats. But it it rimmed out too bad. But then a couple of plays after, I think Al Horford like just absolutely swatted the shit out of out of Joel Embiid. So not a good night for him. How efficient was Tatum tonight? Uh, Tatum, uh, give me just one second. Uh, he was uh nine for seventeen. He's so good. That's over fifty percent. Yeah. yeah, he was one for five from three though. And nine rebounds, Jesus. Yeah, better than uh, what two two for fourteen? In yeah, yeah, he was also minutes. Their, yeah, he was their leading scorer with twenty three, which is like he just took over, man. I, I feel like he's one of those players where it's like he's just maturing so much faster than a lot of people thought he was going to, and it's like almost to the point where it's like he's ready to be a. He's a he's a budding star at this point, and especially in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, like he's gonna be one of the, like he's already one of the premier young players, and he's just gonna be one of the premier players soon enough. Like we're just gonna be talking about him just as one of these top players in the East, and just the fact that the Celtics have all these guys together, it's just kind of a, uh, it's frightening, honestly. Like I'm I'm glad I'm not. I mean, obviously, the Blazers play in the West, which is even more terrifying. But I was going to say, I'm glad that I don't play in the same conference as this team. Just, but... Yeah, there's just such a gap. Mm-hmm. There there really is a, a much bigger gap in the Eastern Conference than there is in the Western. You know, it's like last year, the three and the eight were separated by two games. And I don't know the gap in the Eastern Conference last year, but it was definitely more than two games. You know, I was listening to a podcast earlier today, and they were talking about... It was the low post, actually. And... um. They were talking about, do you guys think that the playoffs should be still conference-based, or should it just be 1 through 16? Like, well, I think it should still be conference. Yeah, I'm conflicted on that, because I mean, I can see the argument right now for making it 1 through 16, but I'm kind of exactly. under the impression that things kind of even themselves out eventually. It's yeah, like, it's cyclical, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, because I mean, back when... Uh, Back uh, when MJ was playing, a lot of times I think it was I think there were a few years where the West was the weak one. It might have been when MJ's. It might have been before them, but there were definitely like eras where the West was considered to be the weak conference. The Doctor J era. 
Yeah, that could be something like that. Tier eight. Let's not talk about that. In the Doctor J era, we won the finals from the West, but uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> the one and only baby. Yeah, yeah, we'll come. Too back. bad. I really, I th- you know, it's a good thing that I wasn't born prior to nineteen seventy seven because a the Blazers won the championship and b Star Wars came out. It would have just been, I would have peaked that year and it would have been all downhill after that. Yeah, yeah. Especially we would just be like so disappointed because the Blazers haven't had a championship since then it'd just be like another it'd just be decades of disappointment for you crushing defeat getting there and just coming so close yeah but this isn't a blazers pity fest right now um uh, we're talking that's about that's our the- other podcast a blazers pity party you can follow no yeah <laughs> we should have one like that but uh i feel like it would get more traction than this just because blazers fans need some place to collectively mourn yeah and we just uh we're all just self-hating but uh <laughs> it's healthy yeah it's a, yeah it's very healthy but um but yeah final thoughts on uh Sixers Celtics I mean just early impressions Celtics look incredible the Sixers obviously are like a couple pieces away still but uh obviously we'll see how things in the season play out do you guys have any final thoughts no no, no. <laughs> no? okay all right, I guess we'll move right on to the late night game. There were only two games today, um, and it was uh, Oklahoma City at Golden State, and no one expected this to be a good game because Russell Westbrook was going to be out. So Rest just, in peace to my fantasy scores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Not well, going to lie, I gave no shits about this game. <laughs> honestly, I was kind of going into it like that too. I just tuned in because I was like, hey, basketball's back. I got to watch basketball. But uh, – and because I didn't think that the Thunder stood any chance against Golden State, and just watching Golden State blow teams out just makes me sad. But uh, I only care about Stephen Adams because he's on my fantasy team. Yeah, yeah, but God, um, the effect that the effect that fantasy has on on regular season games is just ugh. It makes you have to watch all of them. You just like I know. You have to watch your player, and then you're like, if it's not your player doing good, you're just like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, relatable. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the. But yeah, the no one expected Oklahoma City to put up a fight at all tonight with Russell Westbrook out. But uh, they actually came in and played a pretty good game. They still lost uh, one hundred eight to one hundred. Uh, but they they left the third like at the end of the third quarter. They were ahead. Like OKC was up at the end of three quarters. Oh, and good. That's the, that's that's the story of uh that's the story of people who play Golden State, man. Yeah, it's like. Up after up after three quarters, and then they lose by fifteen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a, it was, but it ended up being a good game. It was like uh close until the final seconds, like until like the final minute, because I mean, they cut it to two at one point with like mm-hmm. two minutes left, and then Curry hit an end one on them. That was just like that's one thing I gotta say. It's been several months. Like I I hate Golden State as much as anybody, but uh, but with uh. Like, I haven't watched, like, obviously, like, it's like basketball's been gone. I haven't really watched Curry in a few months. And then just watching him just, like, go full tryhard in a regular season man NBA is a freak. game. Like, man, it's like, you almost, like, forget sometimes. Like, just, like, how He's got to remind you that you hate him. Yeah, but it's, like, one of those things tonight. Like, he was just so good tonight that it was just, like, he already looked like he was, like, in mid-season form. Like, he, like... 
here did you you guys saw his stat line right it was yeah 30 32 points eight rebounds nine assists on 11 of 20 shooting five oh my god just like a solid stat line clay didn't look good this guy is just insane how many years out of how many years out of his career has he been in the 50 40 90 club uh, I actually don't. Uh, he, he's definitely yeah, He's definitely been. He actually was the first one I think to be in the fifty forty five ninety club. Uh, yeah. Fun fact: He's actually for his career, he 50, is fifty ninety. Uh, he is. Uh, he's only at forty seven for his career, but he's pretty close to fifty forty ninety for his career. Oh, here's um, a reason why the Warriors won. Kevin Looney double doubled tonight. Anytime you let. Kevin Looney, double double on you. You're gonna lose the game. Okay, the only year he okay. So to answer your question, Cody, the only year he's gone fifty forty ninety was uh 2016. We went fifty forty five ninety, but last hmm. season he went he was forty nine point five. Damn. Yeah. He yeah. Was yeah. Super just, we just last year. I feel the need to clarify: fifty percent field goal percentage, forty percent three point, ninety percent free throw. Yeah. Just for. My grandma, who doesn't know what that is. Yep, exactly. But <laughs> yeah, he was just insane tonight. Like he's just like he's just one of those players. He played thirty-seven minutes too. That's like so uh, stupid. I hate the Warriors. I hate him. I hate him. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, their bench was not very good tonight, so that was part of the reason you that don't OKC need it. stayed you don't in. Need it. Like that was part of the reason OKC stayed in the game. As it was just like their bench was bad. And actually, that's a good question to ask you guys. Do you think that this bench could hurt them later on? Yeah. Not once DeMarcus Cousins comes back, though. No. Once DeMarcus, like, if DeMarcus Cousins is back and is like any bit as good as he was before, like, GG, boys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like I was saying before, and it felt really out of place, but uh, Kevin Looney. (laughs) Yeah, he did. He, He was actually good in the starting role tonight. I want. I just Damn. want to take a second to say, like what I said, Kevin Looney. If he puts up a double double, uh, like against you, and they still have their stars playing, you're not winning that game. Like you have to like expect a dud from their bench if you want to have any chance to win the game. Hey man, Stephen Adams can't do it all, right? He has to. <laughs> not only does he have to play basketball in the Thunder, he has to be Aquaman when he's not playing basketball. So, oh my god, <laughs> it's it's never ending. <laughs> god damn it um he looks like aquaman okay he was probably like he was one of their better players tonight but uh i want to hear i want to hear you guys thoughts on some of their stars like in there like i want to hear you guys thoughts on paul george like he had a decent stat line but i i don't know when i was watching i didn't have the impression that he was having a very good game Mm -hmm. like i just want to know what you guys thoughts paul george Paul George to me is one of those players that he definitely directly impacts the game, but not in a noticeable way. Like it's so hard to explain. Like, you know, he's doing well, but it's not, it's not noticeable. If that makes sense as to where like you take somebody like Russell Westbrook who comes in and he's vocal and he's loud and he's always moving without the ball and grabbing rebounds. And he's just very moving without the ball. He always has the ball in his hands. (laughs) <laughs> nah, dude, he's always coming off them screens, getting them rebounds. He's like, he what I'm trying to say is rebounds. he's he's all over the court. He's a very uh, tenacious player as to where Paul George, I just feel like 
he's 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 really 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 good don't get me wrong but he just doesn't catch the eye like some of the other other star players do yeah i felt like he was just missing a lot of his shots tonight and i'm looking at his stats now he did shoot under 50 percent tonight that was just uh he had a good third quarter that was about it yeah well yeah and it's you know when you're when your right hand man when your other star player isn't there to help you take the shots that you wouldn't normally take then it kind of you know field goal percentage it decreases generally with an increase in the number of attempts so mm-hmm. how do you guys think uh Dennis Schroeder did in taking over Westbrook's spot for tonight I didn't actually watch the game so I don't know Jesus Christ man you got to do your homework man yeah. I wasn't I wasn't I was at work what can I do <laughs> gotta listen I was wa- I was keeping up to date on the stats and I was paying attention to what was going on and Zach told me uh, that he airballed a three. Yeah, he um, did towards the end. Like, <laughs> like, well, West Brick's not playing, so somebody's got an airball for him. And that, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that was kind of one of those things where I I knew right when Paul George and Schroeder were like chucking shots at the end. I'm like, okay, this yeah. game, this game's over. But it was. <laughs> Like that one was obvious, but I think overall Schroeder did pretty well. Yeah, he did okay. No, he definitely didn't do anything special, but he he came in and he did his job for sure. Um, obviously, he's not going to be able to fill the void that is Russell Westbrook, but he came in and you know he produced a, a pretty good stat line and in points and assists, and he kept the game close with the Warriors, which is more than anybody can ask for without Russell Westbrook. Yeah, exactly, and. Yeah, there was just a lot that I think there was a lot you could take away from that because I think feel like a lot of people have kind of penciled him in as sixth man of the year, which I don't I'm not ready to do. But yeah, I do think that I think that he'll he will be in that like he'll obviously be in that conversation. Like right. I think that the there's a lot of potential for this to be like a bad Reggie Jackson situation like before, but but um but I think honestly the two can coexist pretty well. Like, oh, yeah, I, like, I think if it works out, it could end up being a really good harmony yeah. like, between the two of them. Well, yeah, and I think Dennis Schroeder is going to be one of those guys that does better in the second unit just because he's he's in that awkward gap where he's not really good enough to be a big-time starter, but he's better than a bench player. So when you put him as head of that second unit playing with the people in the other team – also their second unit and you know you're kind of in charge you're you're calling the shots out there you wind up having a bigger impact on the game because you're you know you're designating the flow of the game when Westbrook and Paul George aren't in yeah exactly like when he's like when he starts like he's in like the mid to lower tier of starting point guards but I think off the bench he'd be like he would contend with being possibly the best backup point guard no oh, absolutely in the league and i feel like that's all okc wants from him but yeah exactly that i mean that that's the role that he came into play and that's what he's going to do because i mean roberson is he's a different player they have him more in that spot for defense and you know that's their dynamic that's how they want to have it and that's fine. So, you know, if he just does his job and he comes in, he's going to be he's going to be a really good fit for them and he could wind up winning six man of the year. So, 
I wanted to ask you guys a personal question because we were talking about how Dennis Schroeder and Paul George took a lot of bad shots near the end of the game. Um, do you guys think Steven Adams should shoot more? Because he had 17 and 11 tonight on 6 of 12 shooting. So he was 50% and he's an above career 58. He's a career 58% shooter. And it's yeah, consistently but from how far shot, away? And it's consistently shot over fifty percent for his entire career. No, well, I think that his, well, his role is just that he takes those shots, and obviously, any NBA player is going to be taking close shots when they're open down low. And I Why feel don't like feed him more though. I feel like they do feed him. It's just like like he's, he's obviously twelve. Yeah, like he's a good like he's a good like he finishes once he gets there, but you know. Obviously, Russell Westbrook is going to get his, but at the same time, like it, he, like we obviously have our issues with Westbrook being a ball hog, but like like everyone talks about that. But at the not same, not me. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not big on that. I'm not big on that Cody either. Wants him to be a ball hog this year for his fantasy team. Yeah, yeah, but Damn, um, I also don't buy into the whole stat padding thing either. Yeah, but I'm not that's... big. I'm not big on that as well. But I think that uh, someone like him, it's like he's not very offensively savvy in the way that he like mm-hmm. creates his own shot so it's like he just has to be like open he's just big you know? right yeah, yeah. His, his strength is not his basketball iq as to where you look at somebody like joel Embiid or you know xyz players as to where they can their their size and their basketball iq is allows is what allows them to be good. I don't but think Steven IQ a- is the right word. I think because that would be more like in like the intangible sports. I think you're mean like in like the skill set, like natural skills and stuff. Like, like he doesn't have any post skills. Like he's not. Like, I mean, a post he's a player. smart right. player. Right. I mean, he's smart and he makes good decisions. But that and you know, like, oh, do you know, do this in this situation and do that in this situation. Well, he can't really put. He's not capable. How do I say this? His skill set is him being big. Like that's how he, yeah, exactly. he bully balls He's, people. He has a good idea of what needs to be done, but that doesn't always translate well with him because he's not capable of doing it. Uh, I feel like with Steven Adams, that's like, yeah, I think I know what you were trying to say. Like with it, like that he's, you said that he like knows where he, like he knows what he should be doing, but he like physically can't. It's just like, he just doesn't have the, skill set in that like he's just like he, he knows what he should be doing but it's like he doesn't have the ability to like turn around and hit a jumper like Joe he doesn't just does. have the talent yeah just the raw talent it's you know it's it's a classic case of what we i think we talked about it before on the pod but it's like oh one in four of every person who's seven foot or taller is in the nba it's like i don't know if this is true or obviously not friends with steven adams but he just seems like one of those guys that plays basketball because he's good at it. Yeah. You know, he does, and he never and he had a, a, a skill set at a young age and just kind of ran with it. Yeah, and I think well, so much of his game is like reliant on his strength too. And it's also just yeah. not his role on the team. Like I feel like if he was on a team that didn't have a star player, he would probably refine his offensive game a little more i think he would probably average what he did tonight like 17 and 11 yeah that's that's about where i think yeah but i don't think that they're gonna like with russell westbrook and paul george on the team i don't see them like trying to turn him 
into a score. Like, he's just going to continue to play the role that he's played for years with this team. Yeah, he's not an offensive producer. <laughs> Especially so, when you add Schroeder to the mix, because that's another right. scorer right there. That's another guy who's most effective when he's scoring. And if you have a right. guy like that on your team, you can't just send him out doing other stuff. You're like, hey, do what you do best. Right. Yeah. So Cody maybe didn't hear about this. Me and you talked about it a little bit, Zach, before the pod. But um, apparently the announcers tonight in the and for the Warriors uh, OKC game were saying Stephen Adams was going to be an All Star this year. They did they, they, to clarify. He said uh, he said like one day we might see All Star Stephen Adams. He didn't specify this year, but he was like maybe one day. And I mean. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, that's where I was like, I, I, I raised my eyebrows a little bit when I heard that. I feel like that was just that, that was just said to be said. You know, mm-hmm. that's something yeah. you say about Lonzo Ball or Markel Fultz, a second-year player that's trying to make strides. Stephen Adams has been in the league for quite some time. Yeah, I, and he's pretty much he is what he is. Forty-three-year-old all-star, Stephen he's, Adams. He's oh, that's saying that when he's gonna be. I was like, dude, he's not that old. This is this is his sixth year. <laughs> he w- wait, no way. Yeah, he was in the league after Myers Leonard. Yeah, yeah, he's oh a young guy. God, I hate my life. I also think he's like one of like thirteen children or something. Oh, it was some it was some crazy number like that. But uh, Australians, he, he dude, what the, are you gonna do? He came in the same year as CJ. He's not Australian. He's from New Zealand, isn't he? Yeah. Australia, New Zealand. They're close enough in proximity. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know. um, But, yeah, I think that he's really good, but I just don't see him hitting that all-star level. Like, at least least as long as he's on the Thunder, too. Because that's just a... That's just a team where it's so hard to put up all-star numbers in if you're not Russell Westbrook or Paul George. Like straight up, don't play for the Kings, then we'll talk yeah. about <laughs> Same what empty numbers that don't matter. Did uh, <laughs> Russell Paul George didn't make the all-star team last year, right? Nope. Uh-uh. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Even Paul George didn't make the all-star team last year. Like, Dame took a spot, right? Well, Dame, yeah, Dame earned the spot because Dame was having a great year, but uh there were hot take. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, shouldn't be a hot take, but Yeah, but uh yeah, if if Paul George can't make an all-star team, it's definitely not gonna be Steven Adams. There's just like no spot for a center really other than yeah, like, I mean, all, yeah, exactly. The only way that that would be possible is if it you had to, you know, because it's you had to be your position because it's like LeBron is the center for the you know Western Conference most of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, you know when it boils down to it, yeah. there's only one real good center. So if you had to actually go by your position, then maybe possibly one day, but yeah, probably not. Still, <laughs> um, let's see. Any other thoughts on Golden State Thunder? But they're gonna win it all again this year. I mean, yeah, we're we're gonna try and be optimistic that 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 won't happen, but uh, Blazers in twelve win it all this year. Yeah, I like. I really think that the only thing that could kill this team is their bench. But dear God, please let them meet the Celtics in the finals. Yeah, like that would be like I feel like that'd be a good matchup, but I feel like we'd be getting way too ahead of ourselves to 
start talking about a final. I don't even that we're want to even... the Celtics are going to make it yet. I want to. I want to see how good exactly. Toronto looks. Like we're gonna, yeah. There, there are a couple teams in the East who could make it. Like it's, I feel like we're pretty confident. Like obviously we could. Like it wouldn't be the worst thing to pencil in Golden State for the finals, but obviously you still got to play the game. Still got the full season, one game down out of eighty-two plus the playoffs. Like there's still so much that can happen. Who like, knows? We could see Chunky John Wall in the finals. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, what? Wyatt, Wyatt, we said realistic scenario. <laughs> you gotta play the game, John Wall in the finals. You gotta play the game. Sadly, he doesn't get to play the game that often because he's always hurt. But and on your fantasy team, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. Well, guys, I think. Uh, well, I guess we'll just see how the rest of the season goes. Um, but I think we need to shift our focus to actually a bit more. Uh solemn of a topic actually more of a depressing topic because uh, speaking of the blazers pity party podcast yeah exactly um blazers owner paul allen uh he passed away yesterday um at the age of 65 uh due to complications from non-hodgkin's lymphoma that came back uh it, it he was treated for about like a decade ago i think it was in 2009 and then uh, it was just announced two weeks ago that it'd come back. He just announced it. And then uh, with just, like, the news, like, oh, man, I'll, like, I should be fine and stuff like that. Like, doctors are optimistic. And then uh, just two weeks later. But, yeah, that's just, like, he was just such a huge part of Portland. And I just wanted to, like, think that we should talk about what he meant to Portland. Like, kind of, like, what he meant to the this franchise, this city. Just this region in general. Yeah, I mean, it does. Well, because he was also, I mean, we're not a football podcast, but he was also the Seahawks owner. So not only was he an advocate of Portland Trailblazers basketball, he was just an advocate for Northwest regional sports in general. Um, and I, tr- I truly believe that if it weren't Paul Allen, someone who's truly dedicated to keeping sports in the Northwest and developing a sort of culture in the Northwest around the sports teams that he owned, that the Blazers wouldn't be in Portland anymore. I mean, Seattle is a much bigger population. They have just as much, if not a more basketball devoted fan base and their team got shipped out to OKC. And so it just, it just shows you if you don't have an owner who's truly dedicated and a passion for a team and, and a you know a deep deep love for the game that it it could all disappear and we truly we truly had that in an owner in Paul Allen and it just kind of you know shows you not to take that stuff for granted because it one day it could be gone. Yeah, he he saved the Seahawks in the mid nineties. They were on the verge yeah, of absolutely. relocation. And he saved them. It's just like it just shows how dedicated he was to this entire this entire region in general. Like he just stuck stuck with it the whole time. Like he he paid for the Rose Garden, it's his building. Like it was like it was his building. <clears throat> it's just like I don't know. It's just like it's hard to express like how much, how like how great he was to the city of Portland. Like he was just like, for better or worse, he like he made Portland basketball what it is. Like he like mm-hmm. it being in ownership for thirty years. I really, I really hope that, I mean, it's unfortunate that it has to be this way, but 
for for those of you who don't know, his uh, it's not it's not the teams aren't going to anybody in his family, right? Or that's at least that's what it's being speculated as. So they're probably going to be sold as part of his estate, which means that there will be a new owner for both the Blazers and the Seahawks. So I hope my one hope from this is that his legacy and his sort of personality lives on through the region and through the teams and that the person who buys that comes in and is is aware of Paul Allen's legacy and what he did for the region and the teams. And they, they sort of try and encompass that in their ownership as well. Because while while it's going to be big shoes to fill, and obviously it's not going to be easy, um, that Portland and Seattle have had it so good with their teams for such a long time with Paul Allen as their owner that the the person who comes in next is really going to have to have to work hard to live up to it. Yeah, what do you think, Wyatt? Like, just what? How do you Pretty feel about Paul? Pretty much the exact same thing. I mean, he was the in my mind, he was the perfect owner. I, he was at every single playoff game even though we were down by 30 against new orleans and it was that most regular season games most too. regular season games too i think oh i think all of them actually he might have been like at all of them hops on that private jet from seattle yeah he usually would uh attend seahawks games when those would when those two would coincide but majority of the time he would be in stadium at at like at the Rose Garden watching the Blazers like he was he was a he was a regular and he had his seat I don't like that's that completely random thought they should not sell his seat to anyone like they should leave that seat empty all season oh 100% no they should leave it empty forever (laughs) yeah that should like that seat should never be sold to anyone again (laughs) well um yeah I sat really close to him once I like two rows away from Paula on one time hmm Interesting. And that's as close as I ever got. <laughs> yeah, he just he did so much for the Northwest and like he had so many accomplishments too, like the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl. And sadly that's all the championships those teams have gotten. But what well, yeah, under his ownership. But uh under his ownership. But I mean the Blazers have made the playoffs these past what is it, five years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was uh, and this like, year was just the fifth year in a row. There's just so many accomplishments that the team has done, and I think all the happy presence. Like I've I've never heard of a single person really saying they've hated their time in Portland. That's something I think you should note about the teams. There are very few people that say they hated their time in Portland because, and I feel like partly because of that is because of Paul Allen and the. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And the it's, environment he's created and made for the organization. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it truly is be, because of the culture that he built around this city and around around a town of basketball that people, I mean, pe- people don't really talk about Portland as having one of the best fan bases in the NBA, but I, I truly believe that we've got to be top three. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. And, I mean, what, we were say- what you were saying about people – enjoying their times in Portland is that uh it's been great for me to like see all these like former Blazers even guys who are still in the league on other teams like uh posting stuff or posting stuff about Paul Allen posting their tributes to him like 
I saw Wesley post, Wesley Matthews post something, and I was just like... Nick Batum posted Nick something. Jamal Crawford posted something, and he was one of those ones that I was like, he hated his time in Portland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even if someone didn't enjoy their time in Portland, I do not think it was because of Paul Allen. Like, he was just Oh, absolutely like, not. Uh, yeah. yeah there was, he was everything you wanted in an owner. And, yeah. So... As as weird as it is to talk about, now that Paul Allen is no longer the owner and there will be a new one, what direction do you think the new owner would look to take coming into the assets that they have presently? Um, obviously, I I highly doubt that the next owner will be. Just to put it, Frank, as rich as Paul Allen it was. <laughs> yeah. He was the probably he was the he was either the second first or third. Or second richest owner. No, the first is uh, Balmer. Balmer. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh so he was either the second or third richest owner in the entire league. And uh I, I feel like definitely the next owner will probably not be as forgiving with luxury taxes and uh spending like that's just what i'm that's just a guess of mine but uh just because they're i don't know how like i hope that they'll be dedicated to the city of portland and be willing to do what it takes to create a successful team but uh you can't you can't expect them to have the same willingness that he had right yeah well and I mean, do owners not usually bring in their own GMs? Um, they they owners uh like if they if they have a system already in place, they'll like the Houston Rockets just sold like yeah. they, or they yeah. sold or they're like looking to sell. I can't remember exactly. No, they sold because they sold to that guy who who's on the TV show like Million Dollar Buyer or something. Okay, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, but, they sold. yeah, they sold the team, but obviously they have more in place. Like that's like that's not something that they're gonna switch around, and unless the owner is convinced that like hail shay's gotta go like i don't yeah. think that would... am i the owner <laughs> <laughs> but when this isn't a bash old shay uh like as much as we like to bash old that's shay, next episode bash old shay segment right now um yeah we'll do that when the depending on how the blazers do on thursday but <laughs> not, depend, not, win, not depending on thursday it depends on the outlook of the season how we do yeah, this yeah. season. no we work in extremes but uh but yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Detroit deadline, man. We'll get ready for it. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, but if the if the owner feels like the Blazers already have a solid foundation in place, I can't imagine there being a ton of changes at the start. It'll it'll be interesting to see like how they're willing because they they obviously have like their own sets of goals and stuff for the team, but honestly, usually. The owners, as far as I know, it doesn't seem like the owners play a huge role in personnel decisions. That mostly gets delegated to like the general manager and other members of the organization. They hired a president, and then the president makes all those decisions. Which exactly. the president of the Blazers is Chris McGowan. So yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah, I don't imagine any of that stuff changing unless there's like a drastic 
decrease in like portland success like normally the owner just writes the checkbook that's what normal owners did that's why paul allen was so special yeah and i think that uh i think that too many portland fans are panicking right now oh yeah portland's not going anywhere yeah portland's not going anywhere i i that that'll be something that I'll believe it when I see it. Like that's like, he worked he worked too hard. One thing I did see is that uh, Blazers are like leased on the Rose Garden until twenty twenty five. It's like we're it's like we're not going anywhere anytime soon. And it's like honestly, I do think. Oh, I didn't someone, even think about that. It would need to be uh, approved by all of the owners, and I de- I just can't see that getting approved by all anyone. hell would break loose in Portland. Oh man! If it, there would be riots in the streets. Oh man, I know. I guarantee not, you, not, though, not even metaphorically, like literally. If mm-hmm. we were to lose our basketball team, it would not be very long until we got a new one again. Yeah, but I, I, I don't even want to go there. Don't even I want to go don't there. Think, I just don't think happen. it's happening. Like I just like it. It'd be stupid have to a new leave. Owner. Like they get yeah. so much money from right now because not only because. Seattle doesn't have a basketball team right now. Everybody on the Northwest puts their money into the Blazers basketball. Like, Seattle fans watch Blazer basketball now. Yeah, or they just quit basketball entirely. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I Like that. Like I said, I don't think it'd be the smart move. It would just be... Obviously, I come from a place of bias, but... Uh, right. I just... Like, you can't... Not every... Like, they're... they're, they're 15 franchises I would move before Portland. Hell, there are probably 20 oh, yeah. franchises I'd move oh, before yeah. Portland. Like, it's just like, there's just, it's just one of those ones that it's just like, it feels like they're in the right place. It's where they need to be. It's like, and it's just like, the new owner's going to come in and he's just going to have to figure things out, like, f- figure out how to get things done in Portland. But, yeah. It's all on laid the groundwork for him, man. It'll be easy. It's just it's kind of interesting to think about though, because I can't think of any like Northwest billionaires off the top of my head who would be willing. Like the, obviously, there's like Phil Knight as a billionaire, but he I don't think he would buy the Blazers. Like I, don't, I mean, Jeff Bezos is from Seattle, isn't he? If Jeff Bezos bought the Blazers, I would honestly be kind of annoyed. But <laughs> where that's, oh that's a topic God. for a different day. Could you imagine you could have nachos delivered to your seat by a drone. <laughs> that but would... God you, damn. Got, you just gotta think about that too. He's gonna like... say fuck it and buy the Seahawks and the Blazers. <laughs> it's not like he can't afford it. I was gonna say for that that's for for his Christmas bonus is what he's gonna. Yeah. <laughs> Portland is like the only one of the is definitely the main like the Trailblazers are the main professional sports team in Oregon. Why should we only get our one basketball team when fucking California gets fucking four? Yeah, move the Kings to Seattle. Yeah, Kings should move. I mean, seriously. I mean, I've been on the bandwagon. Or the Clippers. The Clippers, yeah. Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather yeah. keep the Kings in Sacramento and move the Clippers, but because fun fact, the Kings are the longest-standing NBA franchise. Huh. Oh, really? Interesting. Little tidbit of information there for you. Learn something new every day. Um, yeah. And uh, but yeah, it's just it's yeah that's i feel like it's just a ridiculous conversation for blazers fans to be worried about immediately after paul allen died yeah don't sweat it we got other things to worry about before the- <laughs> exactly we got, we got we got at least is it like did you say seven more years on the rose garden lease 
It's yeah. still 2025, so yeah. So what's the Rose years, Garden? And yeah, I guess it's the Moda Center, but uh, I still got the Rose Garden. But. Seven years to worry about that, and it's probably not going to change anything because by the time somebody buys it, they're going to love it here, so it doesn't matter. And we'll have a championship in seven years, so <laughs> quote me. As long as we bitch. don't go through the jailblazers, knock on wood, all over again. Um, yeah, that was the that fine. was the only time that was the only time people actually got worried about the team being relocated when they as, were as mad as at Myers Blazers. <laughs> as long as Myers Leonard doesn't start moving them bricks, <laughs> <laughs> it's always the ones you least expect. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly think we should. Yeah, we should probably end on Paul Allen because I feel like seems like a, seems like a good stopping point. Yeah, I mean. Despite this uh, solemn news for the week, I mean, we're we're obviously still extremely excited for the NBA season. I really hope that the Blazers do a really great tribute to him throughout the season. And oh, yeah. I would expect they're going to put a patch on their jersey. I would hope. Yeah, that's what Doom I'm assuming. Proud. But uh, I mean, if they did one for Jerome Kersey, they're they're going to do one for Paul Allen. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be doing. Yeah, it's just going to be. This is going to be the tribute season to Paul Allen, and I mean. We're extremely we're looking forward extremely to the rest of the season, like the Blazers season and the rest of the entire NBA season. Like NBA's back. Like that's the like NBA's back, small ball market is back from our week and a half hiatus. Everything's back. Everything is the, back. The McRib is back. Is, is it really? It? Not really. No, <laughs> no, it's not really. It just seemed fitting. I was gonna say, dude, yeah. don't get my hopes up. <laughs> God damn. Oh. <laughs> Well, um, I guess from there, um, from all of us here at Small Ball Market, um, we'd like to thank you for tuning into this podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure you follow us on uh, Twitter at Small Ball Market. Um, you, you can email us at smallballmarket at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter on our DMs either. DMs are always open. Uh, we're Slide always in with bad boys. We've, DMs have been talked, pretty busy lately, actually. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah we've talked with a lot of people on there, but uh, e- even if even if it's like one in the morning and yeah. you're lonely, like slide in. Yeah, we'll be there uh, to comfort you. One of us will you. probably be awake. Yep, we'll be there to comfort <laughs> we you. We give just great talk relationship to, advice. We'll give you relationship advice. Just give us a listen on our pod, and then we'll give you some relationship advice. <laughs> that's the going. That's the going rate for relationship. One listen equals one relationship advice. <laughs> You'll be given a quiz before we give you your advice on like what we talked about the podcast. Oh my god! Right. But yeah, um, other than that, thank you for uh, tuning in. Uh, we will be on a more consistent schedule now, so we will. Uh, now that the NBA is back, so we will see you next week. See you next week. Later.